Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is uh, Lee Sumter. I'm a retired uh, school teacher. I've taught actually in higher ed in high school and middle school. And um, I retired from teaching in 2009. I taught, uh, as I always say, foreign languages like English, Spanish, French. Uh, I taught a lot of history uh, along with the languages. I'd been writing quite a bit off and on. Um, and when I retired, I wanted to write, I thought I was going to write essays um, that would uh, support uh, friends of mine who were struggling with um, um, prostate uh, problems. Uh, you know, older men tend to have that. It often happens to people who are around at retirement age. And I think that it has something to do. I just think it has something to do with feeling like your connections are all dropped with the culture, with your family, with everything, you, you, you know, you're not as useful as you had been because you're now retired. And so I was writing essays to try to explain uh, what I had learned about what we do just to be here, that how we, we create our body, we create our environment, our rooms, uh, our world, we create all that for ourselves. And, um, I went to a conference just like this one here in Johnson City, Tennessee, which I had been to several times before. It was a, it's called a Coptic conference there. And uh, a, uh, I just happened to be prompted to have a reading by a, a friend of mine now, who's a, a Akashic reader. And she said, well, and I said, I'm, I'm writing these essays now that I've retired. And she said, well, you're not actually going to write essays. You're going to write a book. And the book uh, will, will sell, she said. It will be, very, you know, it will be, be very well received. And, um, and, 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 I, and I said, well, you know, and I was going to go fishing. I did not, <laughs> I, don't, you know, I didn't want to spend my time writing a book. I'm not sure if I can write a whole book, et cetera, et cetera. 
Well, it turns out she was right. So um, the essays turned into more and more, and, and I, I started uh, getting help writing. I got information. I, it was, uh, the book is largely channeled. I learned and learned and learned an awful lot uh, from all kinds of different places. And it's been quite an adventure since then. I have a classical education, uh, considerable education. I basically uh, have uh, all but one chapter of a PhD. Uh, you know, I'm what they call AB, ABD, which is Latin for all but dissertation. Uh, so um, I've been educated in, in uh, European universities, in Canadian universities, and I don't know how many universities in the United States. Um, I'm education heavy. Uh, really. And then I've taught, um, you know, I've taught the higher ed level. Uh, I've taught in more than one language. Uh, I've published in more than one language. So I'm very much academical. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I have been studying. Nevertheless, I've been studying what we might call new age or spiritual topics since I was in high school uh, um, and um, philosophy even. Uh, and, and things about the, um, uh, the earth, uh, Atlantis and that sort of thing. And, uh, I've been studying that a lot. Anyway, all these things were, are in me and they clashed in many ways. And so when I started writing, then I would, uh, be given information that would, that was just overpowering for a classical education mentality. It really was. And, and, and I, and I thought, well, that th this is, a, I don't know how, how well this will be received. This is a crazy. And so there would be uh, a kind of a, um, argument that would start up between my, you know, my own mind, my own thinking and, uh, and my, um, sources, guides, whatever. And some things I just would refuse to, to write. And so there would, there would ensue from that some several weeks of a course, mini course, where things would be explained to me. And, and uh, the thing that would get me is I would be driving down the road and it would be pointed out, well, see this over here. This is an example. And they would just take everyday things and, and proceed to re-explain the universe to me. Uh, particularly phenomenology and how how we we create things. Uh, one of the the key uh, elements of that was that each of our senses has its own universe. So that when you like when you see with your eyes, you don't have to see solid. All you have to see is a color image, you know, or black and white, whatever it is. You just have to see what's there. Um, and then if you want. To, if you, if it needs to be solid, it needs to appear solid to your eyes. And you have the uh, intellectual assumption that it's solid. But if you touch it, then you, then you produce, your mind produces solid. And that's the sense of touch. Um, and I go into all this. Well, for crying out loud, you know that. Um, <laughs> things like that were not in my philosophical education. They, they just were not. Uh, and the idea so much of the, that we create our own reality, yes, in fact, uh, some, it was in uh, some of my, well, the French writer like Jean-Paul Sartre, uh, for instance, said, does actually talk about these things. But it got lost, that 
that disappeared into the, into history. And I, I wasn't remembering it. So anyway, um, I had to relearn what I understood by what the, how the world works, uh, how chemistry works. You know, I mean, uh, atomic, um, uh, what do I want to say, uh, physics, uh, phys- good grief. You know, uh, I'm not a physicist, but it was better because it would have been even more of a struggle, I guess. Although they say, you know, on the frontier of physics, Ultimately, they ask the same questions as the philosophers and as, as the um, theologists do. Uh, but there's, there's a place where you have to let go of material, a matter of, of um, uh, what, you know, matter is all there is. You have to let go of that. And, and that's where the problem comes in, is that um, when, it, when, you, when you need to insert the, the pure energy part of existence, um, then people fall in, over onto what I'll call classical religious teaching. And that's not adequate. And so it doesn't go far enough. And so there gets to be this big gap between your, your uh, theological uh, thinking and, um, the kinds of things that you can be taught by the spirit world if you will allow that world to teach you. There's a big gap. And, and there's where you have to just let go of your so-called classical education and let yourself be instructed and understand. You just do. Uh, these are the kinds of things that uh, people can learn from meditation. And they can also learn from having an open mind. Um, and open is a challenge. It's a discipline. Having an open mind is a discipline. And it's, it's, um, it's, 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 uh, it takes a while. It's, it, it takes practice where you, you receive information and you just do not judge. You do not judge it. You do not evaluate. You just accept it and wait until there's more information. And then you try to put it together into a, a system if you want. How did it all come, come together as a book? Was that, that again was very interesting because I would work, I did study and read. I, I, you know, I did. I, I thrashed through all kinds of, of references and texts and internet studies, reviewed what, what I had studied before, but I, I was, I was looking with new eyes, if you want, and with a new mind. And, um, it's hard to explain this because I, really now that I mean I'm <laughs> I've been over this for a little while, but I did indeed uh, use my uh, my learning itself. I had see I had this um, I had this responsibility to explain the spiritual and, and energy in everyday terms that people can understand. And I have to explain it in terms of classical understanding because that's how everybody understands. That's how they think. So you have to be able to take the classical structures, uh, mental structures, intellectual structures, and reshape them. And I tried to stay away from all of these uh, back in the days of uh, the classical um, the German phenomenologists, you had the in itself, the for itself, and, and all of these, uh, all of these technical terms that everybody used. I understood 
again from my my readings uh, with my from, with a, uh, a reader uh, um, a, you know a psychic reader that that I was to uh, explain and actually there were so many there were several of these readers it wasn't just one and and as a consequence I got the idea that I guess I was going to do this uh, and then I could I mean they wouldn't have come, you know said they wouldn't have come to me and said this is what you're going to do if somebody didn't think I could do it. That, that was important. So I was trying to be the person that would would put together um, uh, the modern um, scientific understanding of things uh, with a pretty, pretty much a very ancient spiritual understanding of things. And that was my job to do. And, and it was very difficult to, to meld these things so that just anybody, just about, that, that took a mind to could, could read this and understand it. And it's a very thin book. And, and I still am, just recently when I've been talking about it, I thought, how on earth did I get all of that in this tiny book? When I was writing the book, um, I often would would think, well, I need to elaborate here. I need to expand this and get into the length and breadth of it. And the the information that was coming to me, they would dispute, they would argue, and they say, no, just put down the argument, put down the points of the argument. People can go read this author as I had. They can go read this one or that one. There's all kinds of books written on these things to elaborate. Somebody else has already covered that ground. We're not to do that here. And so I find ultimately I ended up with a very dense prose, very dense. And people will say, they say, well, you know, your book really makes me think. It really made me think. And I found, you know, as I'm like when I made the presentation here at the conference, Again, people were going, well, yeah, that's true. I never thought of that. And yes, right there. It's, it's, it's right there in our everyday reality, but we are not oriented. Our minds are not oriented to see it, but it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. Just like the argument that we make the cells in our body and we remake all the cells in our body. By the end of every seven years, everything in our body has been replaced and we are making those cells. Well, we are making matter. We're making the matter in our body. We are able to make matter. Plus, our bodies go from, you know, a tiny um, one cell, multiple cells in, in a mother, in the mother's body. And then there, there, there's a baby which has, just, which has a certain shape. Then there's a young child, you know, what we call toehead, <laughs> two-year-old. Toddlers. And then you have, um, you know, your your uh, child middle. What uh, a child is ten or eleven. They they have a certain way they look. And then you have a teenager, and you have the the adult. And then you get to be middle aged, and there's no sign whatever of the teenager and of the toddler. No sign at all. We uh, continue to recreate our body as we do what we call aging. And the fact is, is people are, you know, science and medicine is saying, well, you don't really have to age if you don't want to. Uh, and who and what you think you uh, what you think you should look like when you're a certain age has to do with people in your family that have come in. They're they're a little bit ahead of you. 
on the path um, and, and how people look around you. But if you believe that you don't have to age, you don't have to, then you certainly won't. I mean, people think I'm 32 years old for crying out loud. Well, okay, they, not that maybe, that a little bit older than that. But anyway, in fact, uh, you are creating your body according to your beliefs and according to the standards of the culture. Uh, absolutely. Uh, so, so you, so you, you are taking the energy that's in the earth. It's, it's around in the earth and you are, uh, turning it into matter and the matter is, su- is turned into, uh, is given the appearance of the culture, the, the, what the culture expects. Um, okay. So, so that, that's according, that's according to beliefs. Well, um, that's kind of a new thing too, that we are creating matter because that makes us very, very, the, the, our soul is creating the matter of our body. And that makes the soul something that's extremely powerful. How many things do you know? Does anybody know about that can create matter? And then as I, as I mentioned, you have crazy things about the um, engineering of your body. And at, 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 during my, my talk, I said, how do we know how long the, um, the, what, and these, let's see, these two bones are the radius. See, I remember things like this, the radius and the ulna, I think. How do we know how long these bones are from our elbow to our wrist? Where do you start to measure from? If you say, okay, it's so many centimeters. From where? How do we know how long our fingers, why why do our fingers not just keep growing, you know? And just like with you, with this nice beard that you have, or with mine, why does a beard on a man's face, why does it stop at a certain point? Why doesn't it just go right up over your eyes and everything? You have to look out through a jungle. You know, there's all kinds of things like this that uh, our, someone would say, well, it's in the DNA, you know, and we, um, uh, we, we just, what, it's a formula, and we follow that. Well, fine. But nevertheless, our soul is, is following these patterns. There's some kind of intellect here that's certainly outside of the physiology of the body, of, of the brain, if you want. It's definitely there. So our soul can create matter in order to make our body. And then the contention becomes, well, why should it stop with just our creating our body? Why can't it create what our body experiences in terms of our environment? Uh, and once you go with the idea that each sense has its own universe, you can create the Rocky Mountains in front of your eyes if you want to. I mean, you know, you're, you're a photographer. You can understand um, videoing, f- filming. When you film a, uh, well, we don't use film anymore, but when you're making a recording of a mountain, you just need to have an image. You need to have a, an electronic rendering of a mountain so that it'll appear on a screen and another person well, their eyes will see that or they will create the image as the signal's coming in. This gets kind of, kind of complicated. And, um, and they will understand that the mountain is there and it's solid. You know, um, uh, we look at a television screen and the television screen, the way television works is a uh, beam is projected at, um, a set of, of uh, molecules on a screen. 
you know, there's that, that backing on the screen and, the, and that, ba- the, the beam activates the molecules. Now, I don't think it's as much of a beam as it's going because it's flat screen. And so, but that's, that's what happens. The, the molecules of the screen, the pixels are activated and an image appears. We see, we're perfectly happy to see a three dimensional picture on a flat screen TV. So our eyes and our brain can make three dimensional. And we can, are perfectly happy to deal with um, motion, things moving around in this screen. You know, actually, I've been studying this quite a bit and all you really need for uh, motion is whatever you're looking at needs to slowly shrink. If it is slowly shrinking, you interpret that as moving away. If it is slowly increasing, it can be slow enough that it's barely perceptible. It's moving to you. All you really need to move across your field of vision is for something to do a sort of a semicircle, turn. It just needs to turn. If you walk around or as you're driving, if you will watch this, you'll pay attention to when someone turns uh, to the right or to the left. See how you see that because they will simply do a curve and shoot across the screen. It's very subtle, but it's very, very little change in motion. So anyway, um, these are things that are going on with our senses um, so that we can experience our world and and we're creating, we're creating all of it. And then this, again, it's a thin book and yet it, it treated all of these things. Well, I had a lot of help. The fact is I had a lot of help uh, and, and I found it was, it was extremely difficult to uh, reason to, to make sense and to, to accept, to take certain premises and, and begin to build a way of understanding. See, another thing in the book is the idea that we are telepathically uh, in touch with everything going on in the world. And if somebody has created, um, well, I use the example, if you want of an airplane, I just came over here in an airplane. My experience on an airplane was of a very, very crowded tube. And I really didn't like to be entubed. <laughs> I didn't like to be in that tube. But that was the airplane. That's all of, all I had. That was the extent of my experience. I could look out and see what was the wing. I was fortunate enough to be by a window. But as far as how the airplane worked or anything else about the airplane that was other people's responsibilities when they, when they when they built it but nevertheless i'm able now this was my the principle the, the drawings of the airplane are out there in the ethers once it was thought once it was intellectually conceived the, the energy of that idea went out and anybody who's going to go fly in that plane can pick up on that and then they shape and create the plane. And of course, the new airline companies now say we're going to get as many people as we possibly can in that little tube. And so they design their airplanes so that it's like a sardine can, you know. 
no offense, but that's the truth. So anyway, uh, we are, we are in touch with all of these, um, uh, designs drawings. So we are really much, much smarter, much, much more active, much more involved in all of the ideas in the world. You know how they do. They say that most of the inventions, even Darwin's uh, investigations into um, into evolution, um, there was a guy on the other side of the world in the Philippines, Watson, who was, um, I think his name was, I think that was his name, who was within a few days of coming to the same conclusions that Darwin came to. And um, for instance, uh, um, Morse with his, his telegraph, this was already being done in England as well, you know, on the other side of the world, so to speak. Yeah, we're now challenged with the new death experience, which is in the media. It's in, uh, on the internet. There's books been written about it. There's even some people have made movies. Um, and, uh, the new death experience shows that the soul, uh, in fact, uh, when, when it's no longer associated with the body, which is showing up medically as not alive, as dead, flatlined. Um, the soul sees and hears and reasons and has a memory. So clearly, the soul has all of these capabilities. Uh, and if we think that our soul is limited to what our body can, can deal with, and I'm amused anymore, but you know, when I came up through through um, university education and, and uh, the early days of behavioral psychology, uh, Pavlov's dogs and all that. If you stimulate a certain part of the body, uh, you could have experience hunger and you could, you could have somebody move their arm. Um, and, and I remember the probes for the, for the part of the body that controlled memory. Memory is, is found in a certain part of the body, you know, brain. I mean, so, so, so that there's an area of the brain that's dedicated to, to memory. And yet, you know, right here with the, the, um, um, with the Ozark Mountain Publishing and the quantum, um, um, hypnotherapy, you know, that where you have it, you have re- hypn- hypnotic regression where people are taken back to past lives. Uh, then the, the body again is, is immobile. The person is hypnotized and yet the soul is remembering other lives and, and recounting them in great detail. In fact, things can be seen, so to speak, by the soul in the past that the body is at pains. The person is at pains to explain to the hypnotist. It pains that it's just too strange, you know. And yet they, they experience, they have a total experience. I mean, if they're on a farm, there's odors and there's animal sounds and there's hay and there's, you know, clomping feet of the animals. And I mean, it's the whole, the whole scene is there. They're, they're totally in the experience. Uh, how on earth can someone who is sitting there in a chair like we are and is being hypnotized, how can that person sit there in that chair and know all the little tiny details of what it was like to be on an Irish farm, for instance, in 1802? How can they know that? They can't. They just cannot. And yet those details are in the memory of, of the soul. And that is communicated through the body, through the vocal system. So obviously the soul, there's a whole lot more to it. And we, it's, it's high time that we began to get in touch with that.
It really is, because that's who we really are. That's what all of this is about, is for our soul to um, have experiences by which it grows spiritually. It gets a chance to make choices. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.